0: Hello and welcome back to the Poolside Podcast. My name's Derek. My name's Jay. And today we are reviewing Bring Me The Horizon's fifth studio album, That's The Spirit. But before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Poolside Podcast, and we also have a Discord community server where we regularly discuss new music coming out, video games, movies, and have daily events that... Really keep everything engaged.
1: Yeah, Discord's a a good old time. There's plenty of jokes in there, plenty of memes, plenty of puns. And uh, you should come down and join us. It's it's just a good
0: time. Absolutely. And I do want to just go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. You all are the absolute best. You keep things running smoothly over here. And
1: we could not do this without you. Absolutely. You guys are second family, and uh, I appreciate it every day. All right, Jay. So getting into this review... How about you give us some of the background of uh, Bring Me the Horizon? So if you do not know who Bring Me the Horizon is, I don't know how you got here. But Bring Me the Horizon is a uh, metalcore question mark band that was started in 2004. Uh, As Derek said, this is their fifth full-length album preceded by Semp Eternal. This band is from Sheffield, United Kingdom, and the album we are reviewing is That's the Spirit, was released on September 11th, 2015. Now, I know there was a lot of, I guess, animosity when this came out, Mm -hmm. because this is when Ali started singing. Right. And it was weird <laughs> to be honest. Like I, I was taken back by this, but, uh, you know, this is, uh, I'll get into kind of my, my history with this. This is actually my first time listening to it cover to cover. And I'm honestly really surprised. I, I am happy I did this. Right. And I will say there will be some
0: albums from time to time that we go back and do a retro review that, We may have not listened to so much back in the day, but that kind of gives us an unbiased opinion necessarily because while we may have not listened to that in the time that it came out, we were still alive when that came out, we know what the culture was. So we're still able to look at things with that kind of lens. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, when this came out, I was still heavily on Eternal, still heavily on Pray for Plagues, and there's a hell, to be honest. I mean, Alligator Blood, damn. But yeah, you know, this one just kind of took me aback a little bit because it wasn't what I was used to. But uh, I will say, spoiler alert, very surprised.
0: Absolutely. And just my history with this album particularly is that, just like you, I was very surprised with the singing on this. I remember I was at work one day and my fiance had sent me the music video to Throne and it caught me completely off guard. And I was like, is this really Ollie? Because it it was just so new. Like we had heard pitch screams on some paternal and like that was pretty cool. But I did not expect this necessarily. Now, I do want to say that they had released the song Drown a year prior. So that kind of primed people up. But because that was so far away from this album release, it kind of felt like it may have just been a one time thing and that they would
1: continue with some heavy stuff on this album. Also, this is the longest marketing campaign for a Bring Me the Horizon album that has been to date. So that was interesting and it was kind of like cryptic when it came out it was uh you know like them hinting at things they just like post the the symbol and that's Mm -hmm. it no context and uh i mean everybody kind of got the idea like oh they're working on stuff again
0: that was before like deleting everything on instagram and making your profile picture black was the cool thing (laughs) yes which heads up bands small bands if you're listening to this that's not cool it's lame Everyone knows what you're doing. Just stop it. Say, hey, we're releasing new
1: music. Yeah, you have to be you have to be millions in the tank before you can go pull something like that.
0: Right. So for That's the Spirit, did you have any recurring likes
1: or dislikes for this? So there's like drastic sound change ups, I think. Like there's a couple of songs that will flow nicely into the next one. It's kind of like an experience thing, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. And then they have fast song, slow song also okay, but it goes from like excited energy to like, very somber and sad I know what you're talking about like hot and cold
0: yeah I completely agree with that so once we get into the actual review I think we're going to be saying pretty much the same things so I mean that's the most I could come up with other
1: than that it was fine
0: one of the recurring things that I did like about this is that there are no elements in this album that outweighs another and this is in a way an experience album but not in like a very heady type of way because you can pick songs off this album and listen to them individually, or you can listen to this as a whole, but it's not this like complex
1: thing that you can only listen to this as a full album. Right. It's not, you know, concept-y. It's not like, you know, the likes of Sleep Token where you want to, you know, listen to it start to finish because it's an art piece. Yeah. But it it does have some... I don't know, I guess emotion brewing vibes to it. For sure. Before we get into the track
0: by track, I will explain how we grade albums here. We'll give a song one point if we like the song, have minimal complaints. We'll give a song half a point if the song was just okay, wasn't completely where it needed to be. So we'll just give a song half a point if it had some stuff that we liked and also had some stuff we didn't like. And then we'll give a song zero points if the song hurts the overall album doesn't fit or just isn't good and just another thing before we get kicked off into the track by track i do want to just say that we won't be diving too deep into any of the lyrical analysis but we will be focusing on their songwriting how we felt about the song placement on the album and just giving a greater explanation of why
1: we like a song or dislike a song so getting into it first up we have doomed So I think right off the bat, this is a really cool way to open this album. Uh, We got some like chill kind of cool intro going on. It's a little bit trancey. I really wasn't expecting Sykes to do this well in the cleans department because he comes, you know, pretty, pretty much right out of the gate. There's a, there's a little interlude there, but uh, it's just like chill. It's somber. There's, uh, you know, just all the soundscape and all these falsetto is actually like really well done. I was pleasantly surprised. And I was surprised that they started the album on a song that's slower paced. I was too. And I feel like it was like this one doesn't have to be the one that opens the album. But I feel like if they were going to go a route that was softer, I think it would be like in their best interest to just go ahead and rip off that bandaid because this is right. definitely like night and day compared to their old stuff.
0: The song doesn't have to slap you in the face because they were so established up to 2015 that they could kind of just show this to people first song on the album and it's like hey this is what it's going to be so get ready for it to a certain
1: respect, i mean Bring Me The Horizon was is the biggest metalcore band in metalcore history so realistically they could have gotten away with whatever they wanted like this could have been yeah. a Britney Spears cover and <laughs> people would be they'd still buy it Just to say they had it.
0: That's true. That's completely true. And I enjoy that the soundscape in the verses has things actively going on, but it's not distracting and that the drums and guitars in the song are present, but let that soundscape and all singing have
1: the attention that it needs. Right. So this one also is kind of the first time that we see Jordan Fish actually like take on... Bring Me the Horizon as an art form. Mm-hmm. So in Step Eternal, those, those sound like the choral effects and the synth and stuff like that. It was just more so to act a, like as a uh, an accoutrement to the track. This was more so he has a lead instrument in the band at this point. And I think that's really cool. It, it's a very, I, I don't know, it hasn't really been done before at this point. So, we're talking in 2015. This is definitely something new. It's definitely fresh. Uh, so, props to them for that, I guess. Right. I definitely agree
0: with you. In terms of what Jordan Fish's part is in the band, no other band really has a member that is like an active live performing producer if you think about it
1: the only other one that comes to mind i I do know there are a few so i'm sorry if i'm leaving out somebody's you know ceiling poster but kyle pavone is the only one that comes to my mind well i mean that also like recorded the music yeah pretty much so again they can add that to their giant stack of trophies um they are kind of pioneering this in a sense too so was there anything on this song that you didn't like no, it's just again, it's a weird taste coming from Bringing Me the Horizon, and that's kind of going to be one of my recurring themes. But I'm going to try to leave that for the end. But no, I didn't, I couldn't find anything arguably wrong with this track at all.
0: For me personally, I think that the breathing parts and transitions is a little discomforting to hear. It's just <laughs> when you're really paying attention to this album or this song, particularly, it just sounds odd. I don't care for it but I don't feel like it ruins the song. And the only other thing that I didn't like is that there's a 13 second transition that is just kind of an awkward part between the chorus and the second verse. And it just leaves you waiting for the rest of the song to continue. It's like, let's just get to that next part. I don't need this. So you gave this a point, right? I I gave this an entire point. I gave it one point as well. So next up on this album is Happy Song. Yeah. So for Happy Song, I really think that the cheers of spelling out spirit make this song extremely unique and no other band will ever be able to do anything like this without it being a clear rip off of what they're doing.
1: I know it's just because of the visual sense that I'm getting this, but teenagers by My Chemical Romance and this song, I always associate them together, and I think it's just because they're cheers, but uh, (laughs) they they don't sound the same sonically, like, whatsoever. Yeah. But, yeah, so I always associate the two, but, yeah, no, nobody else is getting away with this, ever. Now, instrumentally,
0: the main riff sounds really cool, and I'm not sure if this is something you've noticed or anyone else has caught on to. But it almost acts like a hip-hop beat. And that's because it repeats for most of the song, but you hardly even notice it. I
1: can't say I noticed it. That's not a
0: that's not a thing I picked up on. The only reason I know that is because I was like, you know what? That sounds like it's fun to play on guitar. And then I realized that I learned the song in like five minutes because it's the same riff that just repeats like a hundred times. It's just a hook. Yeah.
1: Huh. All right.
0: But... Huge kudos to them, because I never even noticed, really, until I went to go learn it on guitar. And it's also fun to play, so
1: even more kudos. So this is, like, it's it's a catchy riff. It's the same, like, styling of uh, Anthem off of There's a Hell, but, like, kind of mixed with, like, a Sempaternal vibe going on, because we had, like, that more so just, like, thrashy sound in Sempaternal. Right. It it just works super well, and they were like, let's just, like, turn that down just a smidge, and then just do it a lot. Copy paste. And I want to say for the chorus in the song, it's
0: not in your face and it's not anything that you wouldn't expect from Bring Me the Horizon. No, it is a new style for them, but it's not like a poppy, catchy chorus, which would have really thrown people off. Like we mentioned before, if they had just jumped to something very catchy coming off of some
1: I really enjoy the the electronica incorporation in this which like they kind of hinted to in mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It tonally plays along with the track like just so perfectly like the reverb, the big room and everything, it just works great and then the SPIRIT, you know, with the the very like big venue vibe going on, it it's just all lines up just seamlessly. Like like those very satisfying videos, it's just like CGI squares falling perfectly into a hole and the lines go away. Mm-hmm. That's that's how this was mastered, which is fantastic. I can't even hold a candle to how much time that took. Uh so the lyrical genius of uh, Oliver Sykes strikes again and this one is probably one of my favorites as odd as I find it is to say that. He said, uh, don't wake us up. We'd rather just keep dreaming because nightmares in our head are bad enough. Lyrically, this is one of my favorite songs off the album. And then I had this thing where I thought that he was saying, I'll just sing along to a heavy song Mm -hmm. and I thought it was like a kind of a a tongue-in-cheek reference to them like doing soft (laughs) stuff and I was like "No, it's happy song oh but that would have been funny
0: (laughs) now I do want to say this song has a very solid build-up to the breakdown and I feel like this is what they tried to do on Ludens so fast forward four years to 2019 When Ludens comes out, I feel like what they did for the breakdown on this song is what they tried to recreate for Ludens. But this song overall just had a better flow to it and a better build up, in my opinion. And once the breakdown gets to the let's go where
1: it goes all in, I love that. That was the best breakdown call out, I think, of the year. Uh, Somebody tell me I'm wrong, but that was mm. and the breakdown is like, it's not just chug 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 it's it's upbeat it's like happy it's just like everybody on the same page just like let's have a good fucking time and responsibly hardcore dance
0: that's a great point because overall i just feel like this is a really good like head nodding song and it just has a good groove to it
1: it does it's just like a i don't know it's good workout song it's a good driving song it's really just good for everything. I, I I really enjoy it. It's a happy song. It's a happy song. Wow. <laughs> Damn, guys. The only con that I have for this is that some could argue
0: that this should have been the first track on the album.
1: That's actually my next argument, so...
0: So see, (laughs) we're probably going to agree on a lot of points on this. Okay. And that's interesting because I've listened to this probably a thousand times, whereas you've listened to this probably 20 times.
1: I am not even going to accredit 20 times. I think that tonight probably just broke into the teens. So like 13, 14.
0: So you will be getting this interesting dynamic where I've listened to this since it came out maybe a few days before it came out because I got the leak of it. Whereas Jay is listening to this years down the road
1: and gets to see it from a full picture perspective. Having listened to their latest stuff, uh, Post Human, Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy this more. And I think the production work is better on this than it was on Post Human. I completely agree with that. I still feel
0: like Everything that they've released since has not beat this, even in terms of
1: production. Just to kind of shed some light on how much shit has changed... Since 2015, because I was doing uh like EDM production and I fancied myself a, a DJ. So doing EDM production, lots of dubstep and kind of fringe weird shit. It, it was like kind of hard, and it was just a tiny bit difficult for me to get like very real sounding VSTs, and then it just got progressively harder the more real you wanted it to get. Mm-hmm. Right now I am swimming, like headache swimming in just like which VSTs to use, blah blah blah, 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 blah which is amazing because Jordan Fish is just like, oh yeah, we'll throw this on there. Throw he knows exactly what he needs and yeah. it has gotten significantly harder to be competitive in this field. Just very impressive for this to come out in 2015. Absolutely. This album definitely set a
0: tone of its own. In my opinion, the same way that Simp Eternal did. You had bands in the metalcore scene, that went the Simpaterno route, and then you had bands that followed this and went the That's the Spirit route. And just
1: personally, I'm more on the side of That's the Spirit. See, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I definitely like heavier stuff. I definitely like more mm-hmm. band-centric things. I like my nine-string guitars. So I, I, I like that side more, but I will absolutely appreciate the fuck out of this because it's it's very impressive. So I gave this one a point. Uh, what'd you give it? I also gave this song one point. Alright, so next up we have Throne. So getting into this, there is this super neat, I, I I love it. It's a glitched intro. I love glitched intros. I love glitched transitions and choppy vocals and the like. I think there's a harp in there, but... Jordan Fish really pulling his weight on this one. I I know I blow him up all the time, but I I really enjoy it. The glitch parts just continue through the verse. I mean, the band comes in just like abruptly. I do remember that there was like a satirical article that
0: came out about the song saying that Linkin Park was uh, filing a lawsuit because of the glitched synth. (laughs) And that's ironic because we were just talking about on the post uh, Posthuman review about how it
1: sounded like Linkin Park. Oh, it definitely sounded like Linkin Park. There's yeah. no doubt. So to to contra- if you listen to that review in that we said that a lot of the songs were like heavily Linkin Park based. So on this one though, I think you could safely say, I took inspiration from Linkin Park, and this is what I made with it, and I'd be okay with that. Yeah. This would be like an okay inspiration piece.
0: Now, in terms of songwriting on this this song, I feel like it continues the good flow of the album to this point. It's similar to what we've heard so far on the album, but it's not overly similar to the other tracks. And while this is a chorus-driven song and the verses are short, everything feels balanced.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a very uh, a very solvable equation. It has structure. It's it's on the cusp of formulaic, but not annoying. Personally, I put that it almost feels like
0: it's on autopilot until the bridge. I definitely agree with that. That's, that's a good way to put it. And I feel like the bridge slows things down enough for you to just
1: be able to refocus on what's going on in the song. See, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the lyrics were like cheap, but there was like a couple clever blows in there. And then, I don't know, that's what I focus on a lot is what is the artist saying? What is the tonality in their voice? Where's the emotion? I, I feel like that's kind of just lull. The whole time. Like, it's just like we have to say things because we have a vocalist.
0: I definitely get what you're saying. And I feel like this may have been on the brink of pre-inspiration core.
1: Yes. (laughs) He he did have one clever one in there. I think everybody will know what it is. They say it 20,000 times. The sticks and stones that use the throw have built me an empire. It's clever.
0: Now, in terms of things that I didn't like, is that the song just kind of comes and goes before you know it. Just personally, I feel like there's too much production in the verses because I feel like you can't really hear Ollie's vocals as well as you maybe should have. I feel like they should have just let the listener to be able to hear Ollie without fighting for attention.
1: I definitely agree. This is the uh, the MacBook of Bring Me the Horizon songs. It, it's over-engineered and, like, for whatever reason, dull. Like, like it's a, a neat thing. It has neat capabilities, mm-hmm. but for whatever, it doesn't catch the eye, you know? It doesn't have, like, a pop unless you really get into it. And you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty neat, you know? Everything's nice and organized. It's great.
0: Now, I do want to mention that this was the song where I heard... Or this may have been the first single that
1: I heard from this album. So I think the first one I heard was probably Happy Song.
0: That may have been the first one. I just know that Happy Song and also Throne. And then Avalanche was third. I remember I heard Happy Song on a BBC radio, I believe, in this very room. When it was not a podcast room, I heard Throne and... At my kitchen job, I watched that music video on my iPhone, and then I heard Avalanche on, once again, BBC Radio at a Starbucks.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think I just kind of like happened upon them. Like Spotify was like, hey, you like this? And uh, I was like, "Mm, no, I don't. In the trash. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair,
0: that's me for like 99% of things.
1: Man, mine's been weird lately. I'm getting like classic hip hop jazz, not cool jazz, just like your dad's jazz, you know? It's weird. (laughs) It's very, very strange. I don't know what's going on. I'm not listening to any of this. Um, I've listened to like Tesseract and this album, and that's it for like an entire seven days. And it's like, you want Barry Manilow? No. Yeah, that's odd. I fucking don't. So in terms of points, what did you give this? So I gave this one a uh, a half a point just because like after the third or fourth time, the, the throne part got old mm-hmm. and all these pitch screams in the second half just like get to be a lot. Okay. It just weighs. But yeah, so a half a point for me. That's Other fair. than that, I think it's decent.
0: I myself gave this song one point, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. So next up on this album is... True friends, hold my breath if
2: I was you. Could I forget, but I'll never forgive you. Don't you know? Don't you know? True friends stand you in the front. I wouldn't hold my breath if I was you. You've my heart and there's nothing you can do. And now you know, now you know. True friends stand you in the front. It's kind of sad. It's what we.
0: So, Jay. If I had a guess, I would think that you like this song because as you like to say, the intro feels very epic. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually
1: I really did enjoy the song. This is this is one of uh, it actually made it into one of my all time Favorite, Bring Me the Horizon tracks just for the lyrics okay. alone, but not high on the list, but it's on the list. So,
0: and as I was just saying, you know, it does feel epic with the strings and, and I appreciate that the guitars are reintroduced back into this album with being a bit more present. And I know that's something that you had an issue on a recent album that we reviewed. And I feel like this kind of did that in the way that you may have been in that mindset. But in terms of like songwriting stuff, I feel like the second verse is just new it's or and organic, and it's just not a repetition of what they did in the first verse.
1: I definitely agree. I, I would hope that everybody copies the mastering things that are going on here and the tonal things that are going on here. Maybe not so much the writing things that are going on here, because I think that's where my biggest problem lies. Okay. Because I, I feel like Lee <clears throat> is an incredibly, incredibly talented guitarist, because their old stuff is it's pretty fucking hard to play. Like there's a couple on there that I won't even touch. I mean, Anthem, Anthem is probably one of the easier ones to play. And that thing still has some chops. uh, Even after all these years, it trips me up, but uh, you know, this just seems like very uh, easy. I, I don't know. There's, there's not really another word for it. It's just, it's not quite simple, but it's not easy. It's not hard.
0: Now, one thing that
1: I do want to mention
0: is I feel like the simpler songs from bring me the horizon from this album on are probably jordan fish
1: yeah i could definitely see where you know he kind of came in and was like let's just uh, turn this down a notch and simplify this let's pick three chords matt but you were saying that you like the lyrics on this i do i mean this one in particular true friends stab you in the front i mean that's that's clever I like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. I, I I don't think I could have ever come up with that. I feel like it's relatable to a
0: larger audience than some of the songs prior to this. Definitely. So kudos to them on that.
1: For this whole album, a lot of the lyrics are going to be much more relatable because, I mean, you take Sempaternal, it's very like anti-religion. That's like half the world that is no longer your fan. Yeah. So this one, definitely much more approachable if you're just getting into this stuff. I mean, I would honestly recommend this to a new metalcore fan, I think. So was there anything that you didn't care for so much on this song? Not particularly. It was well-constructed. It had a great vibe to it, a great beat to it. It was uppity and energetic, you know? So no, I, I gave mm-hmm. this one a, a whole entire point. What did you, uh, did you have any cons for this?
0: My cons were very small, but it does feel like this song is a little over-repetitive, And I'm not 100% sold on the bridge being the best bridge that they could have written for the song because it feels just a tiny bit forced. But it wasn't like detrimental to the song to me or anything. So I still gave this one point, but my cons are very minuscule. I guess if there's any more cons that I have to say about this is he screams, this ends now. Whenever he says now, it just sounds like he's doing just a scream. It doesn't sound like he's saying a word.
1: Yeah, I I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, it just it sounds like just vocalization and not actually a word.
0: So I gave the song one point for True Friends. What did you give this?
1: Yeah, for True Friends, uh, a whole entire point for me. It it was an okay song. I, I thought it did well. So
0: next up on this album, we have follow you so
1: you
2: can drag me through <laughs>
1: Right. So follow you. We get this like odd lo-fi hip hop intro, especially from BMTH, like Mm -hmm. very out of sorts, I think. But it's well done. Nonetheless, Sykes does a great job with the cleans. I I was actually the most surprised on this track. It's very well done. So they have this like clean reverb guitar in the backing track that just like flows super well. It is kind of like hooky, like what we were saying earlier, but not so much in the sense that it isn't tasteful. I think it's very well done. I think it was well executed and it doesn't really get old. It's not like wow factor enough for it to just be like getting repetitive and it's the only thing there. Right. <laughs> but I think it just blends in super well. It, it creates like this nice ambience that's pristine. Very well done.
0: And for me, Ollie's singing in this is some of my favorite that he's ever done. Agree. And on top of that, I love the clean guitar in this because the parts aren't overactive, but once again, they're present. You know, they're there. So it creates this full canvas of there's vocals from Ollie, there's guitar from Lee. And then once the full band comes in, there's drums from Matt. Now, I don't want to discredit Matt, the bassist, so let's make it clear. He's definitely on this album. It's just that all of these parts are most present.
1: Very true. You know, Matt does get his uh, his tracks in here also because there are a couple uh, a couple of really good bass lines where they they just mm-hmm. kind of let him have the floor. And uh, did, again, super appreciated. Bassists need representation too. Even still, I I thought it was really well done. If you listen with really good headphones, you listen in the car, and you turn it up, you can hear it. It is in there, and it is very crisp, very clean. Kind of just adds to the atmosphere.
0: And I thought it was a great choice on their end to use both electronic drums to introduce the song and then have it in like the verse and then also feature acoustic drums in the choruses.
1: It's like this weird melding of, I don't know, electronica and acoustic instruments, but like in the sense that this is all supposed to be a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And this was also like where I was the most just emotionally confused Listening to this album because number one, I'm listening to Bring Me the Horizon. Number two, I was thinking, man, this could be a nice wedding song. Yeah. Oh, man. It it was like, I was almost pissed about how good this was coming from this band. (laughs) Genuinely. (laughs) Like, I I even told my, I was like, what the fuck is this? It is a beautiful song, though. I really like this song. Like, seriously, this would be a decent wedding song. Like, I'm just saying, like, first dance, father-daughter dance. Like, damn, bro. It would be awesome. And it comes from a band that wrote shit about, you know, put your middle fingers up if you don't give a fuck. Also a great wedding song. (laughs) <laughs> depending on where you're from do <laughs> you want bring me the rise into play at your wedding i do <laughs> head over to
0: bmthweddings.com fuck <laughs> this podcast
1: is not sponsored <laughs> but we will plug it but uh yeah so you know those drums in there It's just like accents, you know, It just kind of like drives the song, but it's not like to give you high energy. It's just like, I feel like it it had to be there as a necessity to kind of have some, some substance to it. Otherwise the song would have felt flimsy and it does really, really well. It's very artsy. It's very jazzy. Lovely.
0: Now, there's also some piano in there, and their usage of piano just works as a great element to help transition from one part to the next.
1: So I I really enjoy this. I love metalcore bands that can incorporate some keys in there that are, you know, actual keys and not just like synth pounds. Yeah, just not bullshit keys. Yeah, exactly. Somebody had to put artistry into that. It's not just like, I can play the D chord because it's kind of weird. Did you have anything for cons? Absolutely not. As I said, you know, this is
0: just genuinely just a beautiful love song. And I feel like it's a realistic love song.
1: It is. It's very nice. It's very well done. It's just like simplistic. It's nothing special, but it is at the same time. This is a mature, like
0: realistic in your later 20s, early 30s kind of love song. Not a I'm listening to this when I'm 15 years old.
1: Right, right. This. you know, that shit is like Taylor Swift. This is Shania Twain. (laughs) Okay, get it straight. So in terms
0: of points, I would imagine that you gave one point. I gave one point. Absolutely. All right. So we both gave one point to follow you. Up next on this album is What You Need.
1: So what you need, I feel like they're trying to sell me something at this point. This is what you need. BMTH is what you need. BMTHweddings.com. So what you need, I feel like this was kind of like a SoCal post hardcore acid rock conglomerate, which is really weird because they're British. But I also know that they do a lot of work in L.A. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've always
0: like been searching for like what I could describe this song as. And I feel
1: like that's the perfect explanation of what it is. I don't know. SoCal just has like, I mean, they have post-hardcore bands. There's post-hardcore bands everywhere. But like, it just has a certain vibe to it. Go listen to Hail the Sun and go listen to, you know, the likes of Dance Gavin Dance to a certain extent, especially their newer Mm -hmm. stuff down on the album. You know, it just has this weird something to it. And I can't exactly put my finger on, but it's there. And this song is none the different. But, uh, you know, this quickly turns into like this... I guess they're dad rock at this point, but like Hinder, Seether kind of hard rock vibe with the, with the chorus that comes in. Yeah, the intro is
0: like this tremolo guitar along with bass and drum, which in my opinion, it sets the song apart from everything else. And to me, it kind of gave it the sense of being darker than the other songs.
1: Yeah, definitely. Even though it had like a little more beat than like, you know, the slower songs, it it definitely uh, definitely has some some hidden teeth in there. It's it's a little bit uh, a little bit gloomy.
0: Now, I do think that the song flows well and the pre-chorus before the second chorus actually really adds a lot to the song and it's a good indicator that they just weren't trying to get back to the chorus as fast as they could and I'm always a fan of that and I also like that they didn't have a pre-chorus before the first chorus because we weren't expecting it so it was something new.
1: Definitely, this is this is very good musicianship and I- I'm very happy with it.
0: Now, I'm not sure how you felt about the solo, but I thought it was prime. It's not complicated at all, but it's a good lead out of the bridge back into the final chorus, and it kind of
1: ties up the whole picture. I was actually very surprised, I think... Lee hasn't had a solo in a minute. I don't think there was any on Paternal, at least not that I remember. On Count Your Blessings, there was definitely solos, but. Yes.
0: This is more
1: like. It, it's vibey. It's. Yeah, it's it, vibey. It has blues in there, man. Like, it's it's very well done. I don't know. It's chill. You can just listen. It's a very casual listening experience, you know? It has personality to it. It does. It, it is very well chosen, and I, I love seeing that in there because it. Really shows how they've like matured as musicians, and I honestly wasn't expecting it. I thought that this was always a sellout album, is what I viewed it as. Kind of like what Fall Out Boy did. You know, they they were like, all right, yeah, we did our thing. We're selling out now. We're old. And I I quickly realized, actually, listening to the whole thing cover to cover, that this is more than that. It was more so like we just want to make music for the fun of making music instead of like trying to get somewhere. We're not trying to flag a cause. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just trying to. Be a band for once, you know, just experiment, do weird shit. Uh, and if we sold them, that also would be nice. But uh, no, this was the flair that this track needed, and I wish it would have evolved into something more, but it was good for what it was. I will agree with that, and kind
0: of going into my cons, there's like a synth-ish kind of part in the chorus, and I felt like it was just lazy because it's basic not too
1: present. But once you hear it, you can't ignore it. So for that exact reason, I knocked this half a point. But before oh, I am. <laughs> yeah. Before I even get to that, I honestly I, I like it for what it is. But yeah, it, half a point for me. I just thought even though it was very tasteful, very well done, it just didn't rub me the right way.
0: I completely get that. And the only other thing that I didn't care for so much in this song is that the lyrics in the bridge are just a touch too far for me and to the point to where it cheapens the song.
1: I Yeah, I get that. It, it's like they tried super hard and you can tell. Yeah,
0: because he says, yeah, hell yeah. And then cutting your wrist and all that stuff. It's like it feels like you're trying really
1: hard. What he was saying about cutting your wrist. Remember that because that's a con in my next thing. So just we're, we're going to bookmark that right there
0: so you gave this song half a point and i gave this song one point so there's a little bit difference on our grades there that was for the song what you need up next is the song avalanche (laughs) So I want to say that this is hands down one of my favorite Bring Me the Horizon songs. Wow. And personally, it feels like
1: a much better version of True Friends. At least the intro does. So this one is just another great intro. I feel like bands just need to hire Bring Me the Horizon in their current state just to write intros. That's it. Just write our intro. Go away. That's it. They just need to sell intros. You can just buy them and listen to them and put them in your songs. I mean,
0: intros are like the first 15 to 30 seconds of a song, and personally, that first 15 to 30 seconds kind of tells me what I need to know.
1: No, definitely. I mean, first impressions, you know what they say, and they just do it super well. I I don't know what it is intrinsically that they just get.
0: Now, the clean guitar riff that starts in the first verse, in my opinion, is perfect, and... It definitely deserved the little intro part of its own before the
1: vocals and the drums came in. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that every part of the song is like very well crafted, and each one just kind of like comes in. It just like chimes in. Mm-hmm. It just works. I, I don't know why. It just. It just all melds together so beautifully. And I mean, there's no reason it shouldn't, but even still, they just like they picked prime tonalities for everything from drums to bass to Mr. Fish's stuff, whatever you want to call that. And even Ollie's voice, you know, has like a certain warmth to it, although this is kind of a morbid song. <laughs> but at the same time, like it's very relatable lyrics
0: because. Just uh, not going fully into the lyrical analysis, but this the song is about ADHD. So just in the lyrics, I can definitely like relate to some of the things that he says in there.
1: I, I didn't really look into the lyrics all that much, other than you know surface value and just familiarizing myself with them. But now that you say that, I I totally get it. That makes so much sense. And then just.
0: Things like depression, it feels like an avalanche. I feel myself go under. I just love that. That's good writing to me.
1: Initially, when I heard that part, I I thought it was about, you know, like drug addiction because, you know, Ollie Sykes had an addict. He had ketamine problems and I would imagine probably drinking problems because that kind of goes hand in hand with the party scene. And I don't know. I feel that on a personal level. Like that's that sucks. It really does. It's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Right. You know, I, I feel that the whole avalanche thing. And then the last
0: little bit that I wanted to say about this song is that I feel like the bridge just comes in no problem, both lyrically, vocally, and instrumentally. Just everything is one cohesive piece that all matches perfectly, and that's just one of the reasons why this song is one of my favorite songs
1: of theirs this one is definitely one of my favorites on the album i'll say that later but real quick before we leave the cons on this what i was saying earlier the cut me open on this track right after the cut my wrist and play in the blood or whatever from Mm -hmm. the last track i I feel like it's a lot (laughs) that's it's a lot really close together but i
0: gave this one a point i gave the song one point as well the next song up is run
1: Run is interesting. It kind of rolls off the the fading ending of Avalanche kind of. Like there's like a one could say it runs off. <laughs> also, I I just want to point out like Avalanche run. Yeah, I literally just thought of that as soon as you said that. Damn. And then drown in an avalanche. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this is morbid. Yeah, I know. What you need, not an avalanche. Run then drown. Anyway, so Oh no. <laughs> He's just warning us. this is this is what it is. He's just warning us. the the avalanche will follow you. Oh no. <laughs> fuck. Well, we're doomed. We're <laughs> uh, you know what we need right now? A happy song. Welcome to Pullside podcast. <laughs> We hope you enjoy the puns. Oh, Jesus. You don't have a choice. You're strapped in now, motherfucker. Run. Kind of rolls off the the fading ending of Avalanches, which is where I have con number one. There's like half a second space between that one and this one, whereas you could have just let it keep going and it would have been fine. I would have been like, ah, yeah, that's nice. Mm -hmm. But no, they had to like have that little space in there and it just irritates the fuck out of me. So you're saying it should have been gapless, basically. Pretty much. Just seamless, just avalanche right into run. Perfect. Because if that was on the vinyl, I'd be really pissed about it. Um, I don't have the vinyl. I don't know. But, uh... Uh, It has a really neat intro. It it is done super well, just as all the ones previous uh, layered vocals, chorus effects. They they just all work super well together. There are so many freaking layers in here. I would love to see the massive fucking stack of rainbow colored, uh, rainbow colored tracks in in Logic when they made this. It would be pretty impressive. Now,
0: I do want to just say that. This is one of my least favorite songs on the album, so I don't really have much that I like about it, but I do like the synth vocal effect that's in the intro, and it's later on in the song also, but to be honest, that's about the extent of what
1: I enjoy on the song. I did grade the song really well. You know, I, I thought it was very well done. I didn't think that it was particularly a good Bring Me the Horizon song, but I had nothing that I could really knock for it, it wasn't audibly offensive to me. I don't know. It has this like constant ebb and flow of like the backing synth and then the effects. And the drums are a little bit odd. They're, they're like very big room. Mm -hmm. but it also kind of works with everything going on like it has plenty of room to like live and breathe but uh, it's it's kind of weird
0: now in my opinion this song does work on this album but as a standalone song it's rather unappealing and it's not something that i have ever found myself going to listen to on its own in the five years that this song has been out i've never been like you know what? I want to listen to Run.
1: I definitely agree with you. Um, I feel like this is the the little, like, chocolate mints that you get after you eat at Olive Garden. I like those. Well, yeah, like, they're good. They're <laughs> great. But, like, you need them, like, to steal them from the basket on your way in so you can eat them before your meal or you can eat them after <laughs> your meal. But definitely not in the middle. It's not the main chorus. It's more of, like, an afterthought. Yes, exactly. This would have been a good okay. deluxe edition add-in, a good album ender, a good album opener. Um, But I think, like... In the middle where you kind of need that extra little oomph just to push through and get to the maybe beefier meat tracks, this is not where you want it. And
0: strange enough, it is just about like mid-album. There are a few more songs left on this, so it is very lackluster in where it sits on the album.
1: Yeah, I honestly think that I might knock this at half a point, because I did give it a whole point. I, I'm gonna knock it half a point just because like I, I feel like the album honestly would have been better without it. Although it's not arguably a bad song in any stretch, in my opinion, I, I don't think that it aids the album in being a better musical composition.
0: And that's why I had to give this a zero, because I feel like you can take this out and you won't be missing anything. This song doesn't offer anything that's not really on the other albums. I mean, you have your electronic elements, in there but that's on other songs so that's not like it's really a new element and everything else is just full band so the only thing left would be the theme of the song
1: and the lyrics i feel like its only purpose on this album is to be like the sweet to drowns salty and that is what i'd expect would be you know a tickle to a punch Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, we're down to sweet and salty. So that's a little weird at first. It's a little off-putting, but I feel like that's its only purpose is to kind of be a contraster for Drown.
0: I completely agree with that. And in terms of like Ollie's singing, I feel like his singing in the verses is just dynamically uninteresting. And personally, it doesn't keep me engaged. And this song feels like something just to get you to Drown but it's not interesting enough to have its own identity as we are mentioning to really do anything
1: for the album so that's why i gave it zero points yeah so i had given it a point because i think it is a good composition but after you know reevaluating seeing that you know maybe this is just here to be a uh A beginning of Drowned, pretty much just to make Drown pop more. Uh, I am going to knock at half a point. So 0.5 points
0: from me. So half a point for you and zero points for me for Run. The next song up is Drown.
1: Intro just like smacks coming right off a of run, you know. As we had said earlier, it's interesting. It's a really good intro. I-, I think it works super well, and I feel like it only really pops though because you're coming from such a like a somber, weird atmosphere from Run. Mm-hmm. And there's there's this instrument in there, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. At first, I thought it was like some sweet picking. Now I'm thinking that maybe it's like two-handed tapping. It's in there. It's just layered pretty deep down, uh, just as like an accent, you know, just a little. And uh, it it works super well. I think it's a a very cool soundscape that they've made here, and it it follows really well. I feel like this song should have been after Avalanche, just
0: to be honest, just because Avalanche was like not really upbeat but it was more dynamically interesting than what Run is. And then Drown, just to follow, kind of picks that back up. So it feels like the song Run just slows things down, which is ironic because it's a song called Run,
1: but it slows things down. I was about to say that. (laughs) I feel like that's definitely backwards. Subject matter-wise, too drown kind of makes sense after avalanche so yeah but melodically just every part of the song makes you want to
0: sing along to it this is another favorite of mine by this band and this is just another song where every element in the song has equal exposure and the song is
1: better for it i definitely agree it it is very well put together i feel like everything is on the same playing field there's these little bits and pieces in there that really just make it work the, the sad and the somber tracks kind of work with their odd vibes from the old days, but like, this is almost like straight pop punk in a, in a sense. I, I, I don't really know what genre this is. I could borderline get that, like newer style pop punk. Right, yeah, definitely newer style, not like, you know, knuckle puck.
0: I miss all my friends, <laughs> like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely yeah.
0: definitely not that. Definitely newer style pop punk. Or like um, kind of on the side of
1: post-hardcore. Yes, but, you know... Just it, a little bit more of that full band sound to it. Definitely in the experimental realm, though. And I feel like the experimental realm definitely encompasses a lot of things because, I mean, pretty much if it is a mainstream, it's experimental. You know, you could call it most prog experimental. But uh, it's, it's a little lot. It's a little hard to peg a, a single genre on there, but it definitely takes a lot from other things and just kind of melds it together. It's it's really cool to listen to. Would you say it's an umbrella term? <laughs> I was drinking water when he said that, damn it. Just just spit water on my fucking seven hundred dollar microphone. It's good for it. But no, I I appreciate there there's there's a lot of full band sound going on here, and I really appreciate it. There's lots of great mixing. Um, everything was like perfectly level, tonally matched. The reverb on, you know, the the backing track just matches up flawlessly again. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of inspiration core but it also feels genuine right and that's something
0: that ollie does is that he can have lyrics that are similar to maybe some other bands in the scene but because of who ollie is
1: you know that you're getting honest lyrics exactly i, I feel like out of everybody he has the platform to be that honest mm-hmm. and 99 of the time i feel like he does and honestly like Isn't that
0: so refreshing that the largest band in this scene, in my opinion, is filled with people that you feel like you're getting honest lyrics from?
1: It is. It, it really is. Because, I mean, there's really not many other places you could even extend into other art forms. I don't think you could get, you know, honesty on the on this caliber. You know, everywhere, the higher-ups are pompous. So, it's it's really nice. And something else that's interesting is that
0: I would consider them at the top from Simp Eternal. That's the spirit, even though I don't like it. Amo. Yeah. And now even Post-Human. They've been on the top for so long, and it's still the same people.
1: Right, yeah, no, it's it's not convoluted in any sense. It's really cool how they do that. That's why I keep coming back. Exactly. So, just in my opinion, you know, the guitar throughout the song
0: is pretty basic, with the exception of the part that you are mentioning that's kind of in the intro. But the clean guitar tone that they achieved in this is just very
1: pleasing to me. It is. I I dare say it's even on clean polyphia, not technically, but like Mm -hmm. tonally. Yeah. Tonally. I definitely see that like chimes it's bright, but not like too bright to the point where it's crispy. It's just like that warm, smooth tone to it. It it does. Yes. And I I don't know. I love it. I want to steal that. Semi racks effects because, uh, no, it's fantastic. And just to finish things up, because I personally
0: don't have any cons for this, I just feel like the outro where it's just guitar
1: and Ollie singing is a great way to end the song. I definitely agree with that. The only cons that I really had for this is that the structure was, like, formulaic, and I didn't really want it to be, but it does, like, switch it up at odd times, uh, so that that's it, it was a little bit off-putting to me, uh, in a sense, but not enough to knock it. It was just like, if I did it, I would have maybe changed this.
0: Okay, that's fair. So, one point from me, one point from Jay. All day. All right, so... The next song up on this album is Blasphemy. So in my opinion, this somewhat feels similar to Run, but is melodically and
1: instrumentally more interesting. I definitely agree. I feel like this is Run 2.0. And this, if this was, you know, instead of Run, like this could have been in the exact same place between Avalanche and Drown. I honestly think it would have been fine. If you, you know, just absolutely had to have, for whatever reason, a track in between those two, this would have been the choice.
0: So one of the things that I have under being Something I liked is kind of a double edged sword, and it's that they did a lot of things right in terms of songwriting. But it's also kind of hard for me to be invested in the song
1: because it feels like it should have at least been placed earlier in the album. I definitely agree. I feel like as the album comes to a close, it kind of chills out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets more tasteful, more artsy. But at the same time, I feel like this has more of a like an oomph to it, a little bit of anger in there. And I definitely feel like it should have been higher up, you know, track two, not track one, but like track two, track three. Going
0: into my cons, because this is another song that spoiler alert, I gave this zero points. What? And that's because I could never go to the song once again, like run as a standalone song. So outside of the album, it doesn't hold any value to me. And I'm getting to a point with doing these reviews that I have to still look at things from, even if it makes sense on the album, should it still get a point if I can't listen to it off the album? And I don't think it should, because if the point of an album is to enjoy the music, I would like to at least be able to pluck off a song
1: on something and be able to listen to it on its own. So... I have a unique take as to why this was my favorite, kind of rolling off of what you said. So normally, I agree with you. Yes, this is a weird song to just pluck out of there. But I also think that uh, if you like song-enhancing substances on occasion, that this song is a very good medium between uh, very chill because of your song-enhancing substances Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, still living within the metalcore vibe. Okay, so that that's that's why I enjoy this one. Then why I do often pluck this out for my song enhancing substances playlist. Uh, You can follow that on Spotify if you'd like. But yeah, I feel like it's just a feel good. It's nice, fuzzy, warm feeling. You can kind of just like zone out into like this atmosphere that's created and you can still have instruments in there. You can still have like something driving it. Mm -hmm. It's not like so low energy to where you just want to go to sleep, but it's also like it puts you in cool headspace, I think.
0: I do want to say that the percussion that's on this does sound pretty nice. I do enjoy it. It's just that I feel like it drags the album down a little bit coming off a song like Drown. So it's possible that, you know, if this was moved elsewhere on the album, I would enjoy it more. But for the placement of where it is, it's hard for me to enjoy it. And then once the solo comes in, it just feels forced. I I could
1: see that. Yeah, it definitely feels like they started writing this and then weren't maybe all for it. And they were just like, yeah, make it good enough and throw it on there.
0: And I want to say blasphemy is to run as Avalanche is to true friends. I was never good at this. (laughs) It feels like there's songs on these where they did it once and then they found a way to do it better. Okay,
1: I, I see what you're saying. That makes total sense. There's definitely a lot of things that I would have added in, like the the outro was a bit oddly placed for the the track placement, like it kind of just like fades off into nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely feels like an ender, but like it was a single, so like I, I kind of think that that also could have ended better. Even still, I I, I love it. I, I think it just puts you in a really neat headspace with those, those tones. It's just that is the art form in this song, and that's what I appreciate.
0: I do want to say this isn't a song that I actively
1: dislike, but
0: I don't know. It's just the things I disliked are still just enough to not
1: give it the half point. So you gave it a zero? I gave this zero. I gave this one a one and it landed a spot on my favorites for the album. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Kind of surprised, actually. Like, I am genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed this album.
0: I'm glad to hear that because I was worried going into this where you said that you hadn't really listened to this and just how much you tend to
1: prefer like heavy music so much. Like, I enjoyed this on the level that I enjoyed Sleep Token, where I want to view it as like an experience album, but it, it's a little easier to understand. I don't have to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, that was a lovely ornament on that note and a uh, natural process.
0: See, that's what I was talking about in my recurring likes is that this feels like an experience album. Yeah, but something that you can just casually enjoy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I play this in the office. That's where I was listening to it uh, on all my listens. And I just had it go in, in the office and people were just fine with it. It was great. Mm-hmm. So if it did not disrupt an office day, then I mean, that's cool. And on top of that, it does have its highbrow brow. Uh, this and that's Jay gave that song one point. I gave
0: that song zero points. The next song up is Oh No.
1: that's the spirit is coming to an end. But I think this is where it kind of gets super odd for Bring Me The Horizon. Not bad in any stretch in my opinion. It just I feel like it doesn't have their vibe even though we're like now into like a new vibe. I feel like mm-hmm. this just has like no Bring Me The Horizon vibe whatsoever. See, I feel like you know, because this is the most
0: electronically driven song on the album, it was pretty much an indicator of what was to come.
1: See, I still haven't listened to Amo, so I don't know what's That's on okay, there. That's okay, don't. I, I Genuinely, I have not heard a single song. As I was saying earlier, when we had a little sidebar, you know, after this album concluded every now and then in the office day, it'll like go to switch over to Ammo and I'll be like, no, <laughs> and I'll stop it every single time. And before anyone gives Jay shit about that, it's
0: that, you know, it's not like you actively avoided the album. It's just that you just weren't actively also looking to listen to it.
1: Right, exactly. You know, I, I have these pretty much all of the, the Bring Me The Horizon albums saved except for like the older stuff because they kind of conglomerated it in Spotify. But yeah, so I, I just... I don't want to be let down, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to put myself in that position to be let down because I don't want to have to think about it in a bad context. Right.
0: And also just knowing
1: your taste, I just don't think you would like it to be honest. Yeah, see that's that's what I'm worried about. So I, that's why I don't want that for them. So I'm just not going to expose myself to it. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. I'm just going to say I haven't listened to it. You avoid that album
0: the same way that I act like season eight of game of thrones doesn't exist
1: (laughs) (laughs) wait wasn't season eight the last season
0: yeah you're just still waiting on a season in your head you're just oh okay so if anyone here likes game of thrones you've had to at least watch season seven yeah so at the end of season seven you remember that they're all on boats headed to King's Landing? Yes. I just imagine I i like to come up with this little fan fiction in my head of what they went on to do. <laughs> and I just act like
1: season A does not exist. Khaleesi walked in. Cersei was like, ah, uh, yeah, she got dragons. We ain't fucking with this and just left. It's basically just like sailed west.
0: <laughs> the uh, new Star Wars trilogy with Ray, Finn, and all of them just act like it doesn't exist and it's okay. <laughs>
1: Pretty much, yeah. They, they just the Mandalorian's all you need. Honestly, though, <laughs> it is. However, I, I know we're super, super far off right now, but I realized that unless you watched like the old Star Wars—I don't want to call them cartoons—but there the, the Clone War series, a lot of people yeah. don't know who Ahsoka Tano is, and she was just introduced. See, I didn't watch those,
0: but. At the same time, I'm not, like, a super casual, so I at least, like, knew who she was, that she was friends, like, borderline almost had a relationship with Anakin.
1: Right. So, like, I had the context of who she was without having to go look it up. Yeah, because my wife was, like, kind of confused. She's like, well, why does this lady not want to train the baby Yoda? I was like, nah, you gotta watch the Clone Wars to understand. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So if you didn't know, Ahsoka Tano is Anakin's Padawan during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. The episode two. I, I guess it's kind of in between episode one and episode two. So, yeah, there's that. And that's somehow related to Game of Thrones. I forgot where we left off.
0: Which is related to Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> Coming full circle now. If you want to hear more, go subscribe on Patreon where you'll hear Broside Broadcast, where we'll be having these kind of discussions.
1: <laughs> I love that it like sonically just just works like the the same amount of syllables (laughs) back into. Oh, no, let's finish this thing up. We're we're almost there. All the clean guitar in this. It it was really well played. I, I think it was like perfectly voiced in the track. This is like a good car track. You can just vibe with it. You don't have to think about it. If you're having like a light conversation with your passenger, you know, it's a good car track. It would be like a good Uber track. You know, you're driving people around, riding in an Uber, whatever. Yeah. Um. Which is why I think it's so odd coming from Bring Me the Horizon.
0: But at the same time, the lyrics, if you really look into them, it's like, as Ollie described, it's supposed to be like this anti-dance song. And it's about dropping things like partying and stuff like that once you get older, because it's... It no longer fits into your life. He would do
1: some weird artsy shit like that.
0: Now, I can't say that he uh, continued to live that
1: lifestyle <laughs> necessarily after this album, but... yeah, It's gotten like political in a sense, not where he's like trying to impose a political view on you. It's just like, you should have political views is kind of his <laughs> view, which is yeah. a good thing, question mark. I guess, uh, if if you're into that, but yeah, so very, very weird.
0: Now I feel like this should have been after drown. Just like, I feel like drown should have been right after avalanche. And I don't even say that in a way where I gave run a zero and I also gave blasphemy a zero. I just feel like avalanche drown and then, oh
1: no, sonically kind of all go together in it's like a package deal yeah i I definitely think that people should start sending us like unreleased albums so that way we can just position the tracks where the fuck they belong because i feel like we, we complain about that so much we do if it bothered me and it bothered you and we both came to that conclusion solo then it definitely bothers more people or you know people are like i don't like this and i'm not sure why That's probably why. And I want to say, like, I don't feel like we're
0: overly analytical on these kind of things because when it comes down to it, I'm just listening for enjoyment. The only difference is, is I'm grading things of,
1: am I going to put this in my Spotify library? I kind of do it on the the same sense where I... I also like to dance between like grading it with light musical theory because I'm also not Mm -hmm. a huge music theory nerd. Just enough so that way I can be like explaining this to people who are maybe more into it and kind of melding the layman as well.
0: Right. I think we're that perfect middle ground where we definitely just listen to music for enjoyment. But when it comes to grading, we can definitely have some knowledge and things to back up the things we say. So
1: we find that perfect middle ground. And I feel like this song is a perfect way to explain that. That, that all was a perfect way to explain, oh no, because this needs to move up. Yeah. It needs to move on up just a little bit. And the ending of Drowned was like, okay to be the ending of the album too. I also agree with that. The only thing that I have left
0: for this song is that I really enjoyed the sax solo it really added
1: to the song. Definitely added to the song. I love that saxophone's becoming like an instrument that people actually use now. Um, After all these years, it's finally come back. So bring me the horizon. Nobody can go wrong with putting a saxophone in pick a pick a genre. Saxophone belongs to that. So in terms of points, I gave the song one point. I found it very hard to do, but I also gave it a point. It is arguably good. There's nothing detrimentally wrong with this song other than placement and that this is a really weird place for it to come from
0: and I have no disagreements there I can see where you're coming from and I guess without you having listened to amo it gives you even
1: less context <laughs> so so little context <laughs> I I walk through here very confused <laughs> so what was your total grade so my total grade for this was 9.5 out of 11 uh, I did knock run half a point uh, during the review. So that gives me half points for run, what you need and thrown. And I gave zero points to blasphemy
0: and run. So that's where I get my nine out of 11. So
1: even th- even though we had some very con- conflicting uh track choices in here it still came out like usual I always give it just a yeah. slightly higher grade <laughs> just a slightly higher definitely never had like five point leads or anything
0: <laughs> do you think that
1: this album has aged well Honestly, yes. I I think it's a good album. The tracks themselves are great. It's just like odd coming from like this cast of metalcore superpowers. I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it is. You can't say it's not. And for that, I I was a little a little put off by it at first. But actually listening to it cover to cover, I think it is a good experience. And I think it would be a better experience with the tracks rearranged.
0: And for me, I think that of all their albums, this album may be the most timeless because once you attach a certain style of heavy to their music you can kind of attribute like
1: what stage this music scene was in i was like i feel like there's two kinds of heavy there's like bro that's heavy and then there's like bro that's heavy and this is this is the second one you know it it has like emotion and feeling to it it's not just, you know, just just going fast.
0: So how does this compare to the other music you've listened to Bring Me the Horizon?
1: So as I, as I said earlier, I haven't listened to Amo, so I can't put that in here as well. But talking about their older stuff, night and day. I think that this is a completely different band from what gave me Semp Eternal, from what gave me There's a Hell and Suicide Season and so on whatever that first one was called. I can't think of it right now, but uh, definitely I could see the progression into post human quite clearly. Like there's definitely a, an evolution path there. Pretty much. You took the words
0: out of my mouth. There's nothing like really that I could add to that. It's just, you know, they were known for being a heavy band and then they made this progression, which, you know, there was some singing ish kind of stuff on some but this really doubled down on that and went the full direction. And they didn't have like any brutal breakdowns or anything. But compared to the other stuff that I've listened to, Bring Me the Horizon, I feel like nine out of 11 songs on this album were some of their best stuff. And it's my favorite album by them.
1: I definitely feel like this was a very, uh, a very adult, a very mature album. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see where maybe people who aren't, super inclined to listen to metalcore or, you know, it's its heavier offshoots like, you know, deathcore and so on and so forth would maybe find this a, a lot more pr- approachable than some of its counterparts. So album
0: artwork wise, it won't take very long. Did you like this? Yes, it's an umbrella with the rain coming up, right? It's simple. And anytime that you see
1: that umbrella, you know who it's associated to exactly um i I do like the simplicity of it 2015 was the year for very simple designs um so it definitely fit in in that market at the time it it, it works with the overall theme of the album also and favorite songs off this album so you like glitched and said that like the chipmunks and it was hilarious Uh, Favorite songs off this album, True Friends, honestly. I I really enjoyed that one. Uh, Happy Song and Blasphemy. And for me, my three were Avalanche, Drown, and Follow You. Okay. I I definitely honorable mention to Follow You. All right. So do you have anything else for us? Just a closing thought. I thought that this was a really odd direction to go, but It worked really well somehow. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing another follow-up to uh, That's the Spirit. And I'm on the same page with that. You know, the stuff that they're releasing now
0: sounds pretty good. And there's definitely some bangers that they're releasing. But if they were to return to this and do a That's the Spirit 2.0,
1: I would be all for it. Absolutely. And let Lee play guitar solos, for the love of God. (laughs) Jesus, the man earned it.
0: So that's been our review of Bring Me The Horizon's fifth album, That's The Spirit. We hope you've enjoyed this album review. Thank you for listening. My name's Derek. My name's Jay. And you'll
1: hear us next time. Dum-dum-dum. I wanted it to be a sinister outro.